Hello, everyone. My name is Joshua Gilliland, and with me is Judge Matt Sherino. How are you doing today, Your Honor? I'm good. I'm good. We are here to discuss the time of the doctor, which, after converting the judge to be a Doctor Who fan, it's only fitting for us to give Matt Smith the send-off he deserves for a job well done. Your Honor, what did you think of the time of the doctor? I, I thought it, it was it was another Steve Moffat uh, masterpiece. Um, I, I, I think I, I got used to, A, because I came into Doctor Who with streaming, and I really loved the commercial-free uh, 50th anniversary special. It seemed like an ungodly amount of commercials um, for this Christmas special. So I, I can't wait to watch it without the commercials. Uh, but other than that, I, I think he did a great job of tying together a lot of loose ends. Um, some people, I've you know read a couple of the reviews and they say that he, he kind of had to force a couple of them together and, and maybe, but I think he did a, a good job of, of tying a lot of things together that have been open. And uh, it was a very entertaining episode. And like many of the Christmas specials, it had that Christmassy feel to it. Uh, it, it, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a very entertaining show. I enjoyed it a lot, too. I agree with everything that you said. I also wonder if we'll start seeing Christmas crackers appearing with more U.S. Uh, Christmas dinners now because of it. Like, we did that once in my family a few years ago when, uh, before my mom got sick. And I thought it was cute. That was fun. The, the weird paper crown things, It's that's different. It's very British, but... I wonder. It's funny. My, my my wife, as from the days when she was in in high school, and and probably before that, I, I met her in high school. Uh, had pen pals in England, and they used to send the crackers uh, to her, and so I, that's where I first got accustomed to them, and 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 had seen a bunch of them. Yeah, and it is. It's a very cute uh, kind of concept, and I, I like that that particular uh, tradition that they have. I. I'm okay adding it in my family. I might have to convince some of the others, but that's okay. Now, on Christmas Day, while um, in all the they were doing the countdown to the Christmas special, uh, I got a text from my aunt since my brother and I torture her with our love of Doctor Who, and she said the 50th anniversary was about to come on, and you know whether she and her son should should watch it. And I said like, yeah, go for it. You know, it's you could you could pick up enough of it. You won't get all the little 50th anniversary references, but yeah, go for it. So it's uh, seeing the embrace here in the U.S. is is a good thing. Ended up watching it again. Yeah, I think it's become very popular uh, here, and uh, I like the way they did the marathon leading up. Uh, I even got to see the specials that because they weren't on Netflix, that that uh, including the the Marilyn Monroe wedding that we talked about on the, the last podcast. I got to see the entire episode as opposed to uh, a lot of those, you know, there's a common theme to those Christmas episodes and they, they, they seem to have been bigger budget and, and very family oriented to an extent they were made for everyone to like gather around the living room and watch. And it's a really nice tradition. And uh, to have a good new show on Christmas, uh, you know, I, I look forward to, to, to watching episodes in, in, in the future and, and uh, it's now going to be a bit of a long hiatus, but uh, we'll, we'll, I'll catch up on some other show. The nine-month wait will be hard. After everything that we had for the 50th anniversary, 
uh, you know, to this. I mean, like this was, we were spoiled in the past month going from the 50th to the Christmas special. So waiting till September is, is going to be mildly torturous. Yeah, no, it's a very long gap at this point. Well, we do have Sherlock that will come out in between. Um, shouldn't Broadchurch 2 be coming out? Broadchurch 2 should be coming out. My, my daughter, who loved the, the first Sherlock, um, and I haven't seen them yet. She's convinced me uh, to, to watch the Sherlock. So I'll, I'm going to try to catch up on the Sherlocks before the next season starts because she said that was very, very good. Some of my mock trial students told me about Sherlock, and I watched it and, you know, and did the binge watching on Netflix over three nights and was really impressed. And yeah, that's that's my plan. It'll definitely be a Netflix watch. Yeah, they were they were on it, and seeing you know uh, uh, Cumberbatch and uh, Freeman uh, together, and then I watched the The Hobbit two last night. It's it's uh, you can't help but wonder if they had a playful you know quips back and forth since they've worked together before. Yeah, right. Right now I'm doing Orange is the New Black, and then Sherlock's next in my queue. I need, haven't done that. I, I do need to watch uh, Orphan Black because that's... The I, commercials, which they've been showing during the Doctor Who a lot, look really good. So I, I have a feeling that uh, I'll, I'll end up doing the Orphan Black too because uh, it just looks like it's a, it's a uh, well-acted, good storyline. Yeah, and you know, God bless that actress. We want you to play multiple versions of yourself and make it believable. And so you're going to be talking to a stand-in and having that... It's, that's got to be tough. So uh, whatever nomination she got, was it an Emmy or she got nominated for something for that role? And Yeah, it's got to be an Emmy probably. Yeah, well-deserved. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about the Christmas special and dive into it. So, you know, I kick into lawyer mode and I'm sure you kick into judge mode, but let's Christmas dinner. Clara showed up with her, the doctor playing her boyfriend nude. If that happened in New York City, what would you expect to hear on an arraignment calendar on December 26? You know, it, it's an interesting one because it, it, Clara saw him as clothed, uh, and we, the audience, saw, saw him as clothed. Granted, the, the family members all saw him as nude, uh, and, and that, that missing outtake that I, I sent you, I think, made that scene even better. Uh, when when it kind of reinforced his nudity a little bit, uh, a little bit more. Uh, it was it was within a house, so it's not a public forum. Um, so it, I don't think it would make my arraignment calendar uh, as opposed to walking on the street uh, nude. And even that, we have some cases in New York. Um, you know, going topless, male or female, is allowed in New York uh, under our court of appeals decision. So. Uh, we have a naked cowboy in Times Square performing all the time. Uh, granted, he wears some minimal covering, uh, and there's a naked cowgirl right next to him. Um, so in New York, at least in the city, takes a pretty liberal approach towards um, nudity. San Francisco and Berkeley would, too. So even with the getting from the TARDIS to the apartment, which would still probably be an uncomfortable walk, but... <laughs> That, that just jumped out at me. And I, I did love the grandma who, you know, as we saw in... Um, Clearly was enjoying the view. Yeah, and God bless her. I, I was a little concerned they were going to do Clara was her own grandma thing, and I'm glad they didn't do that because that would have really made things awkward. And But there has been some, you know, blogosphere stuff showing that because of a ring 
mm-hmm. that she had on and, and some other uh, real Whovian experts have said, no, no, the rings don't match. But there, there was a, a bunch of theories going around that that was, uh, you know, Clara being her own grandmother. But yes, I'm glad that that, that seemed not to be the case. That and uh, that actress had appeared in a Colin Baker episode back in the mid '80s, which I thought was cool uh, to to have that. So, uh, well done, well done to and, and Steve Moffat. I think does that a lot. He he, he you know he he's a, a true fan of the old classic shows, and that really really comes out uh, in the episodes that he does. Uh, I, I you know he 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 doesn't want to get rid of uh, with this reboot any of the old stories he, he wants them to make logical sense as much as timely wobbly time and can can make logical sense because some of these episodes if you try to figure out the timeline you really get a headache um but he he, he pays homage to all of the classic episodes which is really really uh great that that the reboot fell into his hands as opposed to someone that didn't care about the old ones, and then you lost that entire history. Yeah, well, the even in this, they had a little reference about the High Seal of Gallifrey, which went back to the five doctors, with the third doctor taking the device off the master in the, in the death zone. And it's like, talk about nerding out and being really detailed. It's like, one heck of an Easter egg. Like, And I didn't catch that initially. I, I had to read it on one of the posts that they did that homage. But God bless them for doing that. You know. and, and even the way uh, Matt Smith explained and, and took care of the numbers and the amount of rejuvenations, and he clearly gave a definitive account of which rejuvenations counted, which ones, and it turned out they all did, including that double one, making him the 13th uh, doctor and the last doctor and, and clearly not going that they weren't going to ignore it, that they were going to address it, that they were going to come out with something that would allow for the next doctor, which I guess is the 14th doctor, um, or we could start again. Uh, I don't know if he's got a new 13 lives or, uh, you know, did they give him a new one life or something in between that is going to play out sometime, but, uh, or does he have unlimited rejuvenations now? But they at least didn't ignore the, time lord rule that you can only have uh 12 more rejuvenations from yourself bring the total to 13 and i'm glad that they i'm glad they did that and when they use the phrase regeneration cycle i would take that as another 12 that's what i i would take it as too that he got a whole new cycle Uh as a gift from the time lord and by doing such you know since each actor tends to average anywhere from three to five years yeah, you've taken this show well past, I think, uh, you know, it, its existence, in, in all honesty, because, uh, or at least to the next, to the 100th episode, the 100th anniversary. Yeah, either the 90th anniversary or the 100th, and they'll have an escape hatch by then. So, yeah, it's in theory. Either way, I'm not going to see the next uh, cycle. Exactly. They'll be for somebody else to deal with. God bless them. And, but, but they dealt with it. And I... Now, granted, the entire Time Lords, you know, coming through the crack in time from June 26, 2010, part of me, it's like, okay, they want to come in peace, they want to get out, so they don't want to come out in the middle of a war and have the Time War begin anew and end up exactly where they started. I get that. 
but they can't come out and be a pacifist about it either. So if there's, you know, and part of the, you know, I, I've noticed this with The Hobbit uh, and J.R. Tolkien's viewpoint against being like against isolationism, you can't let evil fester. So to extend that to Gallifrey, if they do come back, they're going to have to deal with the Daleks. You can't ignore something that wants to hunt you down and kill you. You right. well, to some extent, by giving the doctor his next cycle, they've dealt with that without them having to deal with it because they at least know uh, he will protect th- that interest in, in keeping the Daleks uh, from conquering the, the universe. Exactly. But it'd be nice to get Gallifrey back, and maybe that'll be Peter Capaldi's arc, and we can talk about the future in just a moment. But let's think about Mother Superior, Teresa Lem. I am confident she's River Song, and I, I can outline my thought process on this. But what's your thoughts on that first? I, I agree. I mean, I, 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 I very much got the same feel from her, um, and I literally wouldn't have been surprised if River had been cast to play that role. Although I think the the, the person they cast did a phenomenal role. I think. Uh, she was really, really, really good. But yes, a, a lot of similarities between the, the church. Uh, I think the mainframe computer, uh, almost the way she looked at him, uh, their comfort with each other. Uh, all, we, all I needed really was a sweetie to confirm. Um, and uh, but but I, I I got that feeling too that that she she's uh, you know a a hologram holographic or another um creation of the mainframe computer but yes that 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 it's somehow connected uh and more than likely that she is in fact river and i agree glad you agree my thought process lem uh looking up the definition of that is the lunar module river after being rescued uh, grew up on the moon. That's where she got her degree. So that's very small, finite point. But just and as always in moon suits. Yep, exactly. So, and also with the hat tip to Apollo, it, that there's one connection there. You then throw in, uh, I do think it's the library. The library becoming the mainframe, uh, you know, Church of the Mainframe makes sense. I, I see the connection there. I, there were the way she interacted with him the outright flirting, the kissing, because, you know, the doctor doesn't kiss anybody because he's still showing a fair amount of loyalty to uh, River. All the sexual innuendos she made were very River. And the the last line, um, well, okay, the fact she knew how to fly the TARDIS, the only other person we'd seen do that was River. Uh, she and and, and she, flew, she flew it accurately. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to the doctor who kind of jerks and, 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 and haws it a little bit. She did leave the parking brake on, but that was probably to get Clara's attention when she landed in 2013. Uh, but the final thing that, that did it in for me was the doctor telling her before they were transported to the TARDIS, you've been fighting the psychopath within you your entire life. Right. I, I think it's all set up to be River. And so uh, it just makes sense whether or not she figured out how to clone herself another body or if it's a holographic projection, which you can do in, in the library. Uh, it just, it makes sense. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, and I've written, I've read a couple of blogs and that seems to be uh, where most people's thinking is going um, because it, it, it absolutely makes logical sense. And it's something the way that Stephen Moffat, I think would, would handle things. Cause he likes those, those little hints uh, and those little things that eventually it'll come out. Uh, and, and clearly it's that a, supercomputer mainframe would become the church uh, of the future clearly is something that um, is in the realm of, of the sci-fi thinking. Now, something I thought was a nice hat tip to the past was seeing Smith age. And this makes him arguably the third doctor, if we include the war doctor, to die of old age, because Hartnell definitely died of old age in the series. But I thought he looked very Hartnell-esque with the cane and the way he walked and the way they the hair and pull back. Uh, did you get a similar vibe or? I I, I I did definitely get it as a homage to uh, the older doctors. Uh, I, I think it was also a way of almost making the next doctor not an old doctor uh, in, in that he's younger than the last Matt Smith doctor, arguably. Um, and, but yeah, I, I, I think some of those mannerisms and the way he walked, I don't know if it was necessarily meant to be a homage to the first doctor or did Matt Smith make it that way in the way he portrayed it just internally by playing an old doctor, his frame of reference was the old doctor. So that's the way he acted it. And, 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 and I could see that happening too, because I think Matt Smith really honors the character and the history of that character. Beautifully. Uh, absolutely no question. As we saw at the end of An Adventure in Time and Space, with that little heartbreaking tribute, uh, there's no question he cares in the way he's good to the fans. And so even if it wasn't intentional, uh, to me, I, I left with that. Since Hartnell carried a cane, we see the aged Matt Smith with the cane. Uh, this also makes him one of the longest-lived doctors because he put on 200 years in the series and then 300 in Trenzalore until uh, Clara comes back and then anywhere maybe another 200 because he did put on a lot of years when Clara comes back before he dies. Right. So uh, what's that make him? They, they, you know, he spent 700 years or 800 years in that body? I'm, I'm not sure because the last break isn't explained, but we're, that's one of the longest tenured bodies that the doctor had then. And I think that's another, you know, Steve Moffat kind of thing where that the youngest doctor is actually the oldest doctor. Which I'm, I'm cool with that too. Well, let's get to the issue that that's, I'm very fond of the bow tie. Do you think the bow tie will continue to be popular despite Smith no longer being at the helm of the TARDIS? Yeah, I, I think the, the, the bow tie has has uh, made a comeback and I don't think it'll be that quick to, to go away. I, I think the the scene where the bow tie hits the floor to some extent I think is 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 some showing that the next doctor won't be a bow tie doctor. Um and, and I think that, you know, they, they want Matt Smith to be the bow tie doctor for a little while. And whether Peter 
the second season or thereafter or an episode or two puts one on, I don't think he will be the bowtie doctor um, the way that Matt Smith was for the, the current reboot. Um, but but I, I still think that, you know, Matt Smith made it cooler to wear it. And I don't think that that goes away with Matt Smith not being the doctor anymore. I started wearing bow ties in 2007. And that was, I was at a e-discovery company because that required me to travel a bunch. And I was speaking on panels. I'm having a quirky independent personality. One, the bow tie just fit me. But the other half of the equation was I wanted to stand out on a panel. I wanted to be remembered. So that's why I started wearing bow ties, despite the fact bow ties are cool. But uh, uh, no question there. Uh, and I do have many bow tie stories with the ribbing that I took pre-Matt Smith Doctor Who. But I am optimistic just looking at uh, – all, all like my mock trial kids like wearing bow ties and others that uh, it's, it's fairly ingrained in the culture again. And I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll hold for a while. My, my administrative judge uh, wears and has worn a, a bow tie the entire life that I've known him from when he was a defense attorney, he was an author. Uh, and, and uh, you know, there's a couple of judges, there's a significant amount of judges in my court that wear them. I don't know if they're kissing up to the boss judge or not, but there's, 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 there's a large, large number of, of judges and, uh, and there's a, there's a sizable amount of criminal defense lawyers that wear them. And the people that wear them tend to wear them regularly. You know, it's so it's, it's, it's kind of their thing. What was it um, about New York, the New York legislature that tried banning bow ties on the, uh, legislative floor did no, no, it wasn't new york this was out in um might have been ohio because it, okay. it's a friend of mine that's a state senator out there uh and uh, yeah there was there was a uh a dress code bill to ban bow ties on the uh on the floor my friend who's not a bow tie wearer uh wore one with the rest of his uh his uh side of the aisle to protest the uh yeah, and I'm trying to figure out why would anyone get care. Yeah, so that would mean Ohio solved every problem dealing with drugs, crime, poverty. Let let's go declare fashion war on people who wear bow ties. That's that's silly. So I'm glad they wore it in solidarity. <laughs> so with that, uh, I do think bow ties will have a future. And I mean, I did wear my Churchill S one. Uh, uh, I'm glad Smith wore, he had like three or four of them that he had over the years, you know, and the first two were either blue or red, depending on the shirt and, and the color that you could see. Uh, but then there was the purplish one, and then there was either blue or purple with the, the polka dots. And uh, like the third doctor, he had a couple different outfits that he wore over his tenure. Right. But they had a common theme to his outfits, but... But yeah, he, he wore a couple of different ones. And I preferred the Victorian look over the professor look, but that's just my style. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting to see what the next doctor, you know, puts together. Well, being Capaldi was in a band, I wouldn't be surprised if it has that vibe to it. Um, he also grew up in the time of the third doctor. 
And I thought I read something that he actually had an autographed script from uh, uh, the third doctor. And, and he's clearly a fan. So I, I think he's going to, he knows the impact that the clothes will have. So I, I have a feeling that, you know, him and Moffat and, and uh, are, you know, working out that, that kind of thing. And I think whatever it is, is going to have a lot of elements that play tribute to the doctors in the past. And, and, you know, clearly with the, the anniversary special, um, his doctor knows what really happened in the time war. So there's not that guilt that the, that the David Tennant and the Christopher characters, doctors had. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. You know, he can, the, the John Hurt doctor, which almost had a, a rocker war to it. I can see him returning to that kind of look because it's no longer the doctor that we're going to forget about the, the doctor that we're not going to even discuss. It's now a doctor that was a, uh, a warrior that, and that saved the planet. Um, so I think that's going to have a, a very large impact on, on the type of outfit and the type of doctor uh, that he's going to be, because he doesn't carry, have to carry all of that guilt around that the past doctors clearly had. And that man's got some intense eyes. He really does. When, uh, when they had his cameo on the 50th anniversary um, that I saw in the theater, people cheered, just flat out cheered, uh, which was cool. So, and, and those eyes had to be great on that big screen. It was magnificent. It was just, it was wickedly cool. Uh, I saw a, a t-shirt with that uh, this morning on Blue Box and ordered it. Because it was just like, it was like, rock on. It's, it just looks like a lot of fun. So, uh, and there's, a, I mean, he's clearly a fan. And what a better, uh, you know, actor that you could have take that role. I mean, when we had, I mean, I always felt bad for Colin Baker. Because here was a guy who loved the character. And he really got shafted with the outfit and the way they, you know, the writers wanted him to play it. And, you know, now we have somebody like Capaldi who, like Baker, loved it, another good Scotsman. Um, you know, I, th I think they're, they're going to you know, find the right look and, and do the things that will allow him to make the character really successful. Which brings us to, you know, saying goodbye to Smith. You know, I mean, he was your doctor that you came into while, while the series was, was on. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from from watching his three seasons? I, I thought he, he, you know, he really did a great job of capturing um, both the, the, the youth aspect of his character, but still keeping that, that charm and just that love of life um, that the doctor really has, um, you know, and clearly was you know, as much a genius as all of the other doctors and, and, and the smartest man in the room, but he 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 also had an aspect uh, different from the the tenant because he he just he he was I don't know he seemed happier um, to some extent and he, and he really seemed to enjoy life, which to some extent the fact that he's the longest living um, character um, has has something to do with that. I mean I don't think he he wanted to ever give up. I think he, he kind of battled for every moment that he, that he would have. Um, 
and uh, I, I like I liked his portrayal, and and I think that's one of the things that uh, really makes the series what it is, in that it doesn't grow old because the rejuvenations really make it into a whole new show to some extent, but it still keeps a lot of the charm and the history, and it's it's it's, it's a really good idea. Granted, you know they fell into it because they needed to get rid of the first Doctor, and and this was a way of doing it. Um, but I think, but for the rejuvenations, I think the show would have died well before its 50th anniversary. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and technically it did. You know, when you look at how what the 80s did to the show, which, again, had a lot of good stuff, but, you know, between as they were trailing down from Baker to McCoy, you know, and they're trying to keep the flame going, you know, both have some great stories. Both uh, Sylvester McCoy and Colin Baker have some great stories. But they were on a downhill, you know, trend at that point. And, you know, it then gets canceled in, in 89. And, you know, it was needed to make a comeback, you know. And the fact that it goes from, you know, other than the one blip in 1996. And I think they did an animated one in, like, like 99, 2000. That's not canon. And, and I think from what I've heard, the, the books very much kept it uh, in people's mind. And then there was a radio show and, and other things that kept it you know, still, still the demand for a new series and a reboot uh, to eventually come out. And um, yeah, it, it clearly needed it. And, and I, I, I like the, the reboot a lot. I mean, it's, it's clearly has, has more of a budget. Um, they're able to do more things. It, it, it looks realer. Um, and, uh, you know, some of, some of the old classic ones, they're, they're tough to watch because clearly the budget wasn't there and, and the special effects weren't there. And, and they clearly were trying to push the envelope and able to, to do things that they really didn't have the budget to do effectively. That, and some of them are just a little slow. Yes. Now, they did an entire arc with Tom Baker about finding what the, the key to time, and I'm probably blanking on that since it's been a while since I've watched that arc, where he meets the White Guardian, and, you know, it goes on for a while, and it's the first uh, Romana, and, you know, it's they're kind of slow, because it, it was a huge arc that they did for a season. So, time to change. You know, that was the late 70s. We're now in the 21st century, and, I mean, the show's got staying power, and I, I really do hope they continue. Uh, the course that they're on. Uh, but I do think, you know, I, they owe Matt Smith a great tribute. Um, he did a really good job, you know, carrying the, you know, the banner uh, through the 50th anniversary, uh, through, you know, Tenet penetrated into the U.S. You know, I, I do think he gets a lot of credit for that. Smith sealed the deal in the United States. And the fact that there's an army of teenage girls that know the Doctor Who character clearly is a tribute to Matt Smith because it has nothing to do with sci-fi. Uh, you know, granted, there, there clearly are female fans of, of science fiction, but not in the numbers that there would be but for Matt Smith. I mean, I, my daughter would not care about who the Doctor Who show if it wasn't for that, you know, her and her friends think that Matt Smith is this is the next coming. So it's, it's, he clearly brought a, a, you know, a, a, an audience of younger people to Doctor Who too in the States. I think the, the, the British population has just such a love for the show that everyone watches it, watches it. It's a family affair. Um, 
I'm sure everyone's, you know, gathered around Christmas watching the Christmas special. Here in America, it's mostly the sci-fi guys that 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 were into Doctor Who. But he really expanded the audience here in the states uh, with his portrayal. Uh, agreed, and uh, I do believe that now there are far more female fans than there were when I was a kid. Absolutely. I mean, when I was a kid, it was just dudes going to the Doctor Who. Uh, you know, conventions, smaller number of women. And when they did, they had Semester McCoy, you know, come to the PBS station. And, like, all my buddies and I went, but, you know, it was none of the girls from our class went to that. Uh, but I do think, uh, I, I do like the culture change in seeing all the kids, both genders, who are sci-fi fans now. Right. And I have some diehard sci-fi fans in my mock trial group. And, you know, they, they, they take the time to make the costumes. And, like, somebody who just has a passing interest isn't going to spend hours making a scarf or a costume or whatever. I'm like, that's a labor of love because they actually care. And when you, when you see, I, I, I'm not a convention goer, but I, I do like looking at the pictures at the conventions. And you do see a very mixed crowd, and you see an amazing amount of people that put in the effort to, to do the cosplay stuff. Yeah, it's it's Herculean. I don't have that attention to detail. I mean, I can I can write a brief and research with the best of them, and I'm a really good photographer, but that that's well outside my skill set. And God bless them for for their ability to do that. So, and I do think it will continue. You know, there might be some if there were fair weather fans because they liked the way Matt Smith or David Tennant looked. You know, thank you for at the time and if they don't like Peter Capaldi that's their choice um, I, I think you know it, Matt you, like anything else it's a reason to watch the show mm -hmm. and then if you like the show you stay with the show and, and I think that most of them ended up liking the show mm -hmm. uh, so they'll watch it and, and then it's up to uh, the next doctor to draw their attention or not. I, I don't think they'll not watch it because he's an older character in the least. He's clearly also going to have uh, Clara. Uh, maybe his next companion is uh, Cumblepat. I mean, it, it's, it, it's, 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 you know, I have a feeling that that next companion might be a younger guy uh, to, to change that up or maybe Clara and someone meet each other and they, 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 there's the, the, the two for companion thing. So I, I, I have a feeling that there might be a, you know, a, a younger male companion that, that ends up into the mix. I still want another brigadier. You know, I, <laughs> the, the, I mean, like they've come close a couple times and yeah, we do have the, the fictional daughter. That's, that's great. She was great in the 50th anniversary special, but I would like, um, there's so many, you know, like women surrounding the doctor. It'd be nice to have another guy that's not a competitor. It's not like Adam who was in, you know, one and a half episodes and then gets thrown out of the TARDIS or um, Rory, which is kind of like a competitor type of thing. You know, having that wingman again, and I've, I've argued this before, but it would be nice to have a Jamie type character or a, brigadier type character where there's actually, you know, they're true buddies. And, you know, I, I hope Moffat and company do that uh, in September 2014 or uh, uh, early 2015 to see. Yeah, no, I, I can see that happening. 
I can see that happening. Very good. Well, Matt Smith, in the event you ever see this, thank you. Uh, uh, you did make bow ties a lot cooler, and I uh, appreciate your help there. And, uh, you know, Judge, thank you for your time, and uh, wish you a very... Always a pleasure. Wish you a very successful 2014. Thank you.